Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, the Clippers beat the Warriors 131 to 107 at Chase Center tonight. We learned uh, in the afternoon that Stephen Curry would not be returning for the second time in what would amount to four games as he remained out for a second consecutive uh, ball game uh, with the flu like symptoms. Uh, and uh, the Warriors had 10 healthy bodies at the start. Juan Toscano-Anderson sprained his ankle in the first minute of the ball game, and the Warriors just were flat and going up against a, a team that's uh, a lot like the Warriors that we've known and, and fans have grown to love uh, over the last couple of years. Just two teams going in absolute opposite directions, meeting tonight at Chase Center under some weird circumstances, kind of an odd vibe in the building. Uh, but you add it all up, and the Warriors take their 50th loss in 65 games, now 15-50, and 50, and uh, the Warriors officially with that loss eliminated from playoff uh, contention. Uh, formality, but now official with the loss tonight could happen before the ball game, but Memphis uh, failed to beat Orlando at home. So it trickled down into the evening set of games and the Warriors loss does in fact eliminate the Warriors. So uh, they will be out of the postseason after making it for seven consecutive years. Yeah. I thought the thing that really stood out, John, and you touched on it, of course, the fact that we had a small crowd tonight and obviously concerns about the coronavirus played some role in that. Uh, the people who were there, had a reasonably good time, but it was a very lopsided game. And you said odd vibe. That's exactly what I had written down in my notes. It was an odd vibe. And the Warriors, they had a few um, encouraging performances here and there, but they just had, as a team, no spark tonight. And I think it's because the Clippers, who are such an excellent defensive team, they just smothered the Warriors from the jump. And the Warriors really had no chance of getting anywhere close to being in this game. 888-957-9570, Warriors Wrap-Up, uh, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here as the Warriors fall 
to the Clippers again, 131 to 107. It was 35 26 at the end of the first quarter. The Warriors would trail 76 to 48 yeah, at halftime. Second half quarter, it was ball game right there. Yeah, 41 22 in the second. So it was 76 to 48 at the break. Uh, the Clippers would lead by as many as 34. And then uh, the Warriors would outscore the Clippers in the fourth quarter by 10. But uh, that was just uh, cosmetic at that point uh, as the Warriors wind up losing this one, 131 to 107. Uh, Golden State, uh, no Steph Curry again uh, in the ballgame. No Draymond Green uh, in the ballgame. Michael Mulder signed for the remainder of the season and uh, to a what has been reported to be a non-guaranteed contract for next year as well. Uh, rough night. His biggest struggles so with the Warriors to this point. One of nine, zero of seven from three uh, in just under 27 minutes of action tonight. Uh, I think that's also a testament to this Clippers defense. Yeah, we talked during Warriors Live about how Patrick Beverly had a chance to disrupt uh, the Warrior offense. Kawhi Leonard, by the way, 25 minutes, 23 points, nine of 14, five assists, four rebounds. He's he's quite good. He's He's quite skillful, isn't he? Uh, and Paul George got off to a very hot start. He had 15 early, uh, 15 at halftime, and he finished the game with 15 as uh, Doc rested his starters down the stretch. For the Warriors, um, you know, you have to almost put an asterisk by it because the game was so out of hand. But, I mean, Dragon Bender did tie a career high with 23. And it was really nice to see Kai Bowman come back tonight. He'd missed uh, five games. Kai Bowman back. Uh, for the first time after missing a handful of games, hit five of six shots, scored 11 points. Yeah, and the Warriors are in a position where they do get Kai Bowman back, but then, unfortunately, Juan Toscano-Anderson goes out with a sprained yeah. ankle in the first 50 seconds, and it's you know so it goes for the Warriors throughout the course of this season. Marquise Chris banged knees uh, in the second half and missed some time and then wound up coming back in the ballgame. Uh, so good news on that front uh, for Marquise Chris, who finished with 10 points uh, in the game tonight. Uh, Andrew Wiggins actually knocked down some three-pointers early, uh, 21 points for him in 32 minutes. One of his better shooting nights at 8 of 16 overall, and he did knock down 3 of 8 from three-point range. But again, uh, tonight just a, a case uh, of a ball game that unfortunately we've seen just far too much of this season. I mean, how many times, Whitey, have we seen uh, a game where the Warriors are just – just dramatically overmatched in terms of talent on the floor uh, and and lack of star power, and it's just kind of a flat start, and, and the better team puts the clamp down on the Warriors, and it's a wrap. It feels like it's been at least 15 or 20 games of the 65 to this point that have had this kind of a vibe, home or away, not, not all at home, but where you just feel like, gosh, the Warriors just have no shot tonight. Yeah, it's certainly happened a lot more times than many of us thought would happen at the beginning of the year. That said, it's been a while since we've seen a game quite like this. I think this was a sobering reminder, and obviously the Warriors were without Draymond, they're without Steph Curry, and they've been without Clay all year. I realize that, and those are important factors, but tonight was a sobering reminder about how much the Warriors have to get accomplished between right now and the beginning of next year if they want to play with the big boys again in the Western Conference. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, a truncated edition in the Bill King interview room tonight uh, at Chase Center. Looking around the arena tonight, it seemed like fans really took to heart the idea that if they're sick, they should stay home. Did you notice a change in the energy in the arena? and uh, Was your team's energy impacted? Well, I don't, I don't think we gave the fans much uh, reason to cheer. I mean, we were down big uh, right away. 
I thought it looked like the the crowd uh, got bigger as the game went on. I thought early, early, you know, but as the game began, it didn't look like there were many people here. And then later in the game, it looked like it was much more uh, filled in. But we were we were out of that game pretty quickly, so I didn't expect to feel much energy from the crowd. Is there any news on Juan? Was it yeah, he sprained his ankle, so we'll have an update tomorrow. Saw Dragon tie his uh, career high in scoring tonight. Um, I'm sorry, Dragon. Yeah, Dragon, excuse me. Uh, yeah, tied his career high and uh, scoring tonight, 23 points. Um, obviously, a guy in a second day or a second 10-day contract. What do you like from what you've seen from him, and how does he fit in this team maybe long term? And how have you guys been approaching that? Well, he's a he's a big who can space the floor and and make threes and and he can pass and and he fits fits our style pretty well. So I think he's played very very well and we'll uh, we'll see how it all goes going forward. But uh, I'm a fan. I like Dragon. I think uh, you know he was he came to us after playing well in the G League and um, he's got a lot of potential and I think he's 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 gained confidence as he's played here and. Uh, done a really good job. Steve, do you think your guys got a little demoralized? And if so, do you think that's part of learning, part of the lessons you learned in a, as a young player in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, we're playing probably the, the uh, deepest team in the league. You know, the, the Clippers are, are loaded and uh, big, strong, physical team and, and uh, took it to us right away. And, um, you know, they were knocking down threes left and right. I was, if there was anything I was disappointed in in the first half, it was uh, just our three-point defense. I mean, I, the Clippers made some that uh, we couldn't do much about, but there were a few that we didn't close out uh, to the shooters, and I was disappointed in that. But, yeah, we got down big, and, and they, uh, they took it to us, and you know, they're obviously a, a great team. So right, we got a little bit down, but I thought our guys fought hard in the second half and, uh, and stayed with it, and that was important. All right, so post-game press conference, kind of indicative of just the night overall, I thought, at Chase Center. Well, didn't have it early. Yeah. It, just kind of a weird, you know, weird vibe in the building. I, the place, you know, filled in as the game went on, but as the game went on, there was nothing really to cheer about. Clippers love this building, don't they? I mean, they've been here twice. I believe they shot, what we say in Warriors Live, 63% from the floor on opening night, and that's still the highest percentage any team has posted and then tonight they go out and they hit 50 percent from the floor uh 45 and a half percent on their threes and they didn't miss a free throw so and, and by the way to steve kerr's point about what a uh a balanced team what a well-balanced team this is the clippers are the only team in the nba with five players five different players averaging at least 18 and a half points a game when the Clippers are engaged, they're a pretty darn good team. I'm not sure that they can win. I'm not sure I would consider them my favorite to win the NBA championship. I mean, they're right up there with the Bucks or the Lakers. I still lean toward the Lakers over them. I know they've taken two out of three head-to-head. The Clippers have against the Lakers. The Lakers getting their first head-to-head win on Sunday in that, that afternoon special over at, at uh, Staples Center down in Southern California. But uh, I just I feel like they just – Take turns isolating. Oh, it's Kawhi's turn. It's Paul George's turn. It's Lou Williams who didn't play in the ball game tonight. It's his turn, and they almost render their the other two players of their big three offensively somewhat ineffective because of the way that they play. And I'm just not sure when the defense really gets down to it whether or not they're going to be 
easy enough to defend unless it's just Kawhi Leonard basically taking over kind of like he did for the Raptors in, in last year's postseason. I, I just It's probably too early to say that for sure, but I just feel like there's a few more holes. They're the, maybe the most talented team top to bottom, but there's a few ways that I think they can be exploited to where if they don't fully grasp the way they have to play, it could bite them. I know that the Lakers are good defensively as well. The Clippers have a chance to be phenomenal defensively in the postseason. Don't you think when it comes down to it, uh, Kawhi is one and George George is 1A? I mean, if you come down to it, crunch time, you know, Kawhi's still the guy. I think a good sign for them tonight. Kawhi's the guy, and I don't even know that Paul George is 1A, to be honest. It might be Lou Williams, and then Paul George is just going to kind of float a little bit. Um, a good sign for them tonight. I know this isn't really what you were talking about, but Marcus Morris has struggled, but he made three of four shots tonight, two of three threes. And also Reggie Jackson had six of seven shots, made three of four three-pointers. Yeah, when they do that, they're they're just – it's going to be a rough night. I mean, anytime the Warriors give up 20 threes, uh, and it, there's been a lot of nights where the Warriors have given up a lot of threes, it, it's going to be tough for them to, to obviously beat anybody. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. We'll continue here uh, on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors Wrap-Up. Brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search. Clippers 131, Warriors 107. No Stephen Curry, no Draymond Green, no Kevon Looney, along with uh, the Warriors also being without Clay Thompson, of course, uh, and Alan Smilagic. Kai Bowman did return, but the Warriors lost Juan Toscano-Anderson early. The Clippers knocked down 20 of 44 from three-point range, and it was all L.A. after a 41-22 second-quarter advantage. There has been some breaking news here within the last uh, couple of minutes here. Adrian Wojnarowski of, of ESPN uh, reporting that the NBA right now is mulling over, moving games to different cities, uh, and also a possible suspension of of, of the action uh, in the NBA due to coronavirus. So I know this is something that everybody's trying to keep an eye on, and I know there's a, a big-time conference call among league owners tomorrow that's been scheduled and GMs on Thursday, so all of this rapidly changing and, uh, you know, by the moment, really, but I think there is going to be some news on how the NBA is going to handle this, maybe more specifically in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, the story is here that with this conference call set for tomorrow, one of the things that the Board of Governors have already been considering is moving a team out of its city and arena for a period of time, according to Woj, if, if virus clusters force a team out of its city. There have been discussions uh, uh, on moving games to the away opponent's arena if that city hasn't suffered an outbreak or even moving games to neutral cities and sites. Now, if you look at the areas in which the coronavirus is known to have spread, obviously the major cities, which tend to have basketball teams, have been affected at least to some degree. So it it, it depends on what they consider a, a virus cluster that would force a team out of its city. Uh, but uh, I, I would think that's much more likely than 
the NBA uh, choosing to play games in empty arenas, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I would think so. And uh, Woj also saying sources say decisions on these options that you mentioned remain complicated by the fact there has been a limited amount of public testing uh, in the United States, so there's no full understanding of how widespread and debilitating the virus could become in the States. That last part, a direct quote from from his story. Yeah, so, from, this is from Vox.com a couple of days ago. Reported cases, reported deaths. Now, California, of course, 102 cases and one uh, casualty. Uh, but uh, you go to someplace like Colorado, eight cases. Illinois, seven cases. Um, and I know we're talking also about some smaller areas, too. But uh, Arizona's had five cases. And then some of the um, more uh, rural areas uh, have not been affected, right? So... Yes, and uh, the Warriors are also a, a part of, of this story from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, he says San Francisco health officials have yet to tell uh, and mandate that the Warriors play games without fans, but those conversations have been ongoing with the franchise. The Warriors, uh, according to Woj here, the league's highest grossing team on game nights, averaging somewhere between $3.6 and $3.8 million per game. So, of course, there's... a uh, financial component to this as well and uh you know we mentioned tonight i mean you inside chase center it's clearly something that's on everybody's mind yeah if you're talking about neutral sites and this is just guessing based on the limited amount of information we have i'm looking for uh areas where we know they have um arenas nba caliber arenas where they haven't had a lot of uh issues with the virus so for example in missouri there's been one case reported we know Kansas City has a very nice arena, right? Um, Indiana's only had one case. Utah's had one case. Wisconsin's only had uh, one case. So I could see the NBA moving to neutral sites and moving games from one team's arena into another. It looks like they would have some options there. Yeah, and I know, I I think you had, what was Nevada? Uh, Because, I mean, that's the one where you have to maybe potentially look at Las Vegas. Yeah, I believe that was just a couple of cases reported to this point. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah, it's a scenario where again, sure. I mean the two cases, yes. Possibly the Warriors could be affected by mm-hmm. this if it if it and again it it's if it comes to fruition. I mean it it's still a ways away, I think, in terms of discussion. I know there have been uh, not just in the Bay Area, but also in Sacramento there's been uh, a couple as well. So they they could be Sacramento I don't believe would be an option for the Warriors at this point because of everything that's been going on there. Right. So right. those both of those teams in Northern California may uh again eventually find themselves displaced. And then some of these cities if the NBA says, "Look, we want to come to your city and play one of our games," obviously the health department in that particular city has to wonder, "Well, wait a minute, are you going to bring a disease with you? Is it in our best interest to allow you to play here?" So, obviously a lot of factors uh to determine we should know at least what the NBA's plan is. By tomorrow, I think right now, well, we'll just have to wait and see about Thursday. I know a lot of people are uncertain. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Warriors' next game uh, against the Nets, but we'll just have to wait and see what we find out tomorrow. And again, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN uh, reporting here within the last uh, 10 minutes or so, NBA discussing a number of possibilities, including eliminating fans from games or more drastically suspending game operations for a period of time. He says decisions on those options remain complicated uh, by the fact, as I mentioned before, that there's been such a limited amount of, of testing to where they don't fully understand 
just the gravity of of the situation. Yeah. I to me that says look, they're not sure whether they should suspend games or postpone games because they don't know when they'd be able to resume them. Right. So you can't it, assume it, that, it, oh, you can't, we'll wait it, a week it and it'll be, be fine. And, yeah. and at this point, right, if yeah. you wait a week, it might be worse in a week, and you could, in hindsight, look back and say, well, we should have played a week and then started your off time a week later. Or, right. you know, and, right. and then it gets into all these different issues, uh, obviously, with, with scheduling then at that point. Uh, and, you know, the playoffs just about – a month and a week or so away, uh, about about five and a half, six weeks away uh, as well. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here inside uh, our San Francisco studios as the Warriors uh, were beaten tonight by the Clippers over at Chase Center, 131-107. to uh, Let's uh, go ahead and hear from Kai Bowman. Uh, in his return tonight uh, to action as the Warriors did get Kai Bowman back. 24 minutes, a decent night for him. 11 points, 5 of 6 from the floor. Uh, Kai Bowman met with the media after the ball game. Kai, uh, Steve said he kind of had the impression that your your rehab went faster than he thought it would go. How did you think it went, and what was it like getting back on the court? I mean, I was just ready to get out there uh, and deal with whatever it was going into my um, MRI, so just make, have God on my side uh to help me heal, so that was the biggest thing, but also being able to get back on the court to not have to rehab to be able to get out there with the guys again just was good for me. What are your goals for these next 17, 18 games of the season? Uh, I think the biggest thing is still me trying to maintain my role, uh, not just here, but uh, in the NBA, but also become more consistent from the NBA three and then uh, making the threes as a point guard. And then I think Kawhi landed on you at some point, and there was a kind of, you can hear the smack from the media row. What was that situation? And then you went down the other end and made a layup. I mean, can you take us through that? I mean, I was good. I mean, he just, I don't know, he trying to like, fell on top of me, but I thought it was an offense foul. But it was all good. I mean, you don't get a call as a young young player, so just trying to be able to stay with it and just get back get back up and just keep playing in the flow of the game. Now, nah, I don't even know. I just I just got up. As I'm sure you've been paying attention to all the headlines, you know, the health scare right around right, right now, especially in San Francisco Bay Area, um, a lot of precautions are being taken. I'm curious as to how your day-to-day has changed through all this and maybe what you're doing to kind of mitigate um, some of the risks of, you know, obviously being out here in the arena, first of all, with all the fans around here, um, and what it may be like if they're not here, uh, if the city ends up making some changes to how these uh, events are operated. I mean, uh, NBA already take precaution uh, with um, shaking hands with the fans, so that's already been taken care of, but... Also, just our, our medical team uh, talked to us just about the whole virus and stuff. So just being able to get information on that uh, and just go day to day and try to be as safe as possible and uh, watch out for the germs. All right, so Kai Bowman there uh, addressing the media following his game, addressing everything that's that, you know, what's really what's on everybody's mind. Can we just talk a little basketball for a moment? And I understand it's very important, but I, I just wanted to point out the Nets who are supposed to come in Thursday whether they do or not, we'll see. But they beat the Lakers tonight. How about that? A big win for the Nets. 104-102. Yeah, see, anytime there's games like that, it I tend to get a sour taste because if, if there is one thing that bugs me more about the NBA than anything else, it's when really good teams take mediocre or bad teams just kind of meh, when mm-hmm. they're pl- especially when they're playing at home and lose games like that. Well, it's like a that. trap game maybe, right? Because no, they just played the Clippers. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's a, it's a less than full effort. From the Lakers, could be. I'm just saying. And I don't. I just don't like games like that. I'd say so, that's a big win for Brooklyn because that came right down to the uh, to the wire. So. Uh, the big news actually coming out of that is 
the new interim head coach, well, actually, interim head coach for the Nets, Jacques Vaughn, saying that Kevin Durant is actually going to be in the building mm. at Chase Center on Thursday when the Warriors are scheduled to that take on the Nets. News. Originally, I was not aware of that. Yes. he was not going to be with the team. He was there in L.A. tonight uh, with the Nets, and he's going to be on the, the remainder of the trip. I believe the Nets go to Sacramento. There may be another game or two in, in there as well. But they, Kevin Durant next may game be is the here. only one in the building watching the game. Exactly. Yeah. So it remains to be seen, but what kind of reception will Kevin Durant receive uh, if there are, in what fact, fans think? in Chase Center? I think it's going to be more mixed than people think. We'll get to that coming up here. Uh, we'll, we'll also hear some more post-game locker room audio. But, we'll yeah, we'll talk about uh, Kevin Durant coming back. Uh, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason back here in San Francisco. Clippers 131, Warriors 107, Dubs now 15 and 50. So 65 games in the books and 17 to go. The hope, according to Steve Kerr, is that uh, Stephen Curry's on track to return in the ballgame Thursday against Brooklyn. Uh, Kevin Durant on track to hey. be in the building at Chase Center on Thursday when the Warriors take on the Nets. Now, you're right. The question is, and you, you mentioned it before the break, in, in all seriousness, will, will there be fans in the building uh, with the concerns and the reporting of Adrian Wojnarowski as far as the difficult decisions that could be ahead for the NBA uh, with respect to what's going on with the coronavirus? But uh, assuming it is business as usual, uh, as it was tonight on Thursday, how do you think Kevin Durant will be received by Warrior fans? I, I actually think it should be a standing ovation of epic proportions, a lusty standing ovation, if you will. I feel like it's going to be a little bit more mixed than people than than you'd think. The first question is, and I don't know whether Kevin Durant has any say in this, but do you give him the full video tribute? Now, or do you wait till he's playing? If you do it now, then you're getting it. I would think if I'm the Warriors, yeah, let's just do the whole video tribute now and we'll get it out. Then we'll be done with it next year. It won't be a distraction. But I'm wondering now, especially with everything um, going on concerning the fact that you've got the virus, we, we don't even know, you know, under what conditions the game's going to be played. If a guy's injured like that, what's the etiquette? Do you wait for him to come back as an active player or just have the video now? And I think that could impact what the reaction is. To me, you have it now. If yeah, he's going I think to so. if he's gonna be in the building and and I, I saw the the highlight tonight of the Lakers were playing the Nets, as you mentioned, and Brooklyn beat the Lakers tonight. Anthony Davis had a wide open three to win the game right in front of the Brooklyn bench. And Kevin Durant was among – he was on the bench and he was among some Nets players that were, you know, screaming at, at Davis, you know, trying to distract him so he'll miss the shot. Uh, and so there, were, there was a great, you know, video shot of that. If he's going to be on the Brooklyn bench Thursday inside Chase Center, you got to give it to him Yeah, Thursday. And, and I'll, you know what? I think you almost do something next year too. And mm. nothing spectacular. You know, maybe maybe tomorrow or, or Thursday rather is when it's you know the full video dramatic tribute. You know, make sure if he's going to be out there that he gets acknowledged. But I think you also maybe even the next time he's back when he's actually playing, do a little bit of a, a shorter version of that. Like, hey, Warriors, welcome back, Kevin Durant yeah, again. Yeah, like, hey, it's awesome that you're actually on the court again. Yeah, so yeah. I think you almost go full bore with it Thursday, and then you give another little tip in. Next year, whenever that is. Well, assuming that, okay, I'm with you. 
uh, if they have the full tribute video, I mean, if you have an emotional video, it's going to be hard for people to respond uh, negatively, isn't it? If you have that video and he's there, especially, I, I, yeah. unless you, people are holding him responsible for the way the this season's gone. I think it'll be 80% positive at least. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's about right. But I think you could make a case that it should be 100. Yes, yes. Or 99.9. Yeah. You know, short, small margin of error. There's always going to be a couple of yahoos, right? But to me... I said at least. I mean, it could be more. Yeah. But, to uh, me, it should be as close to 100 as you possibly can get. Just based on everything that he brought to the table and, and continuing the Warrior, You know, basically, not, not only continuing the Warriors' dominance that was established the year they won the championship and the next year, the 73-9, but Kevin Durant coming and what the Warriors were able to do in the three years that he was there and the two cha- with the two championships, that is what made the Warriors a dynasty. Now, we can argue whether they would have won another one or would have won two out of three in a different way if Durant had never come and things had gone down in a different way. We can argue that, and maybe we will argue that in the next you know 48 hours, but he came and they won. And so, he was the MVP of the finals twice. Yeah. So, to, me, to me, it's, I, I, it's not disparaging... Steph or Clay or Draymond to say, no, Durant came and all of them, that entire group, because he came and the success that they had and how he played, that turned them into a dynasty because they were not a dynasty at the end of June in 2016 going to two finals and winning one championship. You're not a dynasty at that point. When you go to three more and you win two, you become a dynasty. When you look at some of the negative reactions fans have had to certain players leaving, this is a little different. I mean, LeBron drafted by Cleveland, being from Ohio, and then leaving. Obviously, that was a very um, very difficult for fans. This is different, right? Because Kevin Rant wasn't here. He came here from somewhere else, right? Yeah. He chose to come here, and then he was here. He was very successful, and then he decided to move on. And I think— So it's harder to justify anyone being upset at him. Yeah. I, 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 unless you're of the belief that, hey, he, well, why didn't he want to stay? Like, he should have wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. He should have been less sensitive. You know, I, I do think there are some out there that, that think that or think, you know, he was never really one of, one of us in terms of, you know. I think maybe he felt that way. And I think he might have even said that. Yeah. You know, it just, but I think it, you know, everybody takes that differently. I, I think there could be a, a, a certain set of Warrior fans that are like, well, he wasn't one of us anyway, so he doesn't get the full, you know, if Steph and Clay and Draymond get 110 out of 100, maybe maybe Durant gets, you know, 90 out of 100. Right. Yeah. He deserves, I'm with you, I think he deserves 100%. I, I just, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a smattering of less than enthusiastic greeting for him. Yeah, but to your point, it is awfully difficult. It, it, it's awfully difficult to react negatively after a very dramatic, warm tribute. Yeah, yeah. Where Which is part of the purpose? Yeah. Where you know, walk up threes over LeBron James are yeah. involved. Yeah. To me, that is the moment, the the Durant Warrior moment that will always stand out foremost in my mind. Yeah. Game yeah. three, yeah. 2017. Yeah. That the series was still a little bit hanging in the balance. Like, uh oh, they're in trouble if they don't win this. Right. And you said, no, we're not in trouble. We're going to win this game. Yeah. And that was it. And then they lose game four and they come back and they wrap it up in game yeah. five.
and yeah. he's the MVP, and he's just terrific all series. And, of course, ask LeBron James, right? I mean, LeBron James, what's the difference? Well, the difference is 35. Yeah, it's it just, as a basketball fan, it breaks my heart that he's not playing this year. Yeah, you know? it, no, it really is unfortunate. Yeah. And, you, and you think about everybody from, from Steph, who missed 58 games and now has missed another two since he came back uh, for the one game against Toronto. You have, you know, Clay, who's going to miss the entire season. You have Durant, who's missing the entire season. You have DeMarcus Cousins, who's missing the entire season from last year's Warriors team. And then you have Draymond, who effectively has missed not the entire season, but, I mean, it feels like it's a. It feels like this is his gap year season or his sabbatical season. He's he's healthy enough to where he's playing some of the time, but they're also trying to make sure that 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 he gets enough of a break as well. Yeah, I mean Steve Kerr tonight. He didn't say he's all better, but he did say, well, you know, he's he hasn't been in. He's he's lost some conditioning, so I, hopefully we'll see Draymond Thursday night. Yeah, I, I hopefully we'll see Draymond on Thursday night, and hopefully uh, we'll see Chase Center packed. On Thursday night, I mean that—that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see. Uh, obviously, I think everybody wants to see. You know, everything that's been going on with the coronavirus, some in some way, die down or be quelled, or and, and I, it doesn't feel like we're going to be there by Thursday. But no, no. I but, mean, yeah, it'd be nice to see, but there's we're not going to see that. Right? No, yeah, I, I don't think so. But yeah, I, I, I hope that there can be enough, you know, positive feedback and knowledge to where we can. Be out of Chase Center and see a full house for these last handful of games here and see Steph back and everybody trying to enjoy some semblance of positivity before this thing gets packed up on April 15th and, and everybody heads off into their summer. Yeah, fingers crossed. It could be a special night. We haven't had many really, truly special nights this year, right? This could be a very special night. Steph coming back, presumably. Kevin Rand in the building. Maybe Draymond comes back. I'm looking forward to it. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Alex Scott and Cody Pasby. Uh, we will be back on Thursday uh, as the Warriors will take on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Warriors live, 6 o'clock on Thursday, right here on 95.7 The Game. That'll be with uh, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason and Jim Barnett will join us as well uh, for that one, the Warriors and the Nets. Fox Sports Radio coming up, uh, and the Warriors, they lose to the Clippers, 131 to 107. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.